Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Homebrew. We are back and ready for action. And the action is coming uh, fast and furious, I guess. Or maybe that's just a movie. Uh, I don't really know. Today on the the guest, today on the show, we have Brian Cooper. Hi, and welcome to the show. Yeah, first time listener, uh, or first time (laughs) guest, uh, long time listener. Oh, good. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. uh, Our Something like that. Long time host, uh, you know, but yeah, guests. Well, I've done it before, only maybe once or twice. Yeah. What uh, What do we have from you? Well, it's a hazy IPA. Oh, good. I can't wait uh, for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. He's going to give it a, uh, what's the courtesy 13? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you a courtesy 13 and tell you to do better. Uh, Logger it, maybe <laughs> take some ingredients out, change your hops up, that yeah. kind of stuff. No, I, uh, that's cool, man. So you, you're back at it. We've done a hazy IP from you before. Yeah. So this is actually, this is the rebrew of that. And, uh, we're trying to improve it. I made a few changes to the beer Oh, cool! to try to do what, uh, Herendu and Brian and you suggested. Uh, so yeah, a little bit. Oh, me, geez. You don't want to do that. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Take all the hops out. Yeah. Literally change the beer. That's <laughs> I mean, that's literally what you got to do. Add three pounds of flour. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then throw it down the drain. No, uh, <laughs> but we all know how important good brewing practices are to brewing, especially a beer like this. I feel like I've never brewed it before, but I feel enough to know you got to be pretty clean with what you're doing. And the best way to be clean with what you're doing is to use five star chemicals. Go to five star today. Learn about the best way to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment. That is with using PBW and five-star chemicals in general. And then be sure, while you're there on the website, be sure to sign up for the five-star free homebrew club program in one of the links in today's show description of the podcast or on YouTube to receive free product, exclusive discounts, monthly educational seminars, and free swag. That's the fivestarchemicals.com slash homebrew club program. What homebrewer worth their weight in salt? or whatever that expression is, doesn't have like their weight sp- in star sand, a spray bottle of star sand handy at all times in their kitchen and their garage. You know, you always, always need that. And a jar of PBW to rip through some of those organics and get them off your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I'm a big fan. You guys know this. I'm a big fan of the hop water, the Lagunitas hop water. Just before we, mm-hmm. we jump into Brian's beard, I'm going to try to, Try to delay this as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. The hoppy refresher. Yeah. Um, so Sierra Nevada, I have a beer out now or have a, a hop water out called hop splash. Oh, I saw that at Safeway like a couple of weeks ago. And I figured you'd probably be the one to take the plunge on that and let us know how it tasted. I have. Uh, I've talked to Byron about it a couple of times. Um, you know, I, I got it at the store a couple of months ago and I was like, whoa, you guys are doing a hop water now. He goes, yeah, let me know what you think. And I hemmed and hawed about it for a couple of days because I don't like it. Um, and I was like, how do I say that to somebody? And I go, well, it's not really my favorite. I still prefer the Lagunitas one. And I just was like saying all the things. He goes, yeah, I don't really like it either. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this makes it a lot better <laughs> to be a little more forthcoming when I know that it's not everybody's favorite. Um, 
but it is. What don't you like about it? Well, it is. It is very. Uh, it's bitter. The hoppy ah. refresher, the hop water from Lagunitas, is not bitter. It is very much hop flavor with a sweetness there, and it's you know sort of like maybe like a soda. I guess not really that sweet, yeah. but you know, the same kind of thing. This is literally water with hops in it. It's there's a bitterness. There's almost a, there's a grassiness also. Actually, this can is different than the can I had a couple of months ago. It's a different batch. Um, so it does taste a little bit different and it's not as bitter, but or as grassy, but there is like a green, a green note to it that it's not my, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite, but my wife loves it. A green note, kind of like like a, a cut cut leaves or cut bushes or something like like you're out working in the yard type of like a vegetal type of thing. It's or? vegetal. It's vegetal. I'm getting it now, and it actually now for some reason it is bitter. My mouth is adjusting to it, but it's almost like mm. like bitter cucumber. So it's like a light yeah. quality. It's very strange. I'm not a big fan of it. Like a cucumber water, but with hot bitterness. Yeah, and you know what I think it is? I think it's the citra. So it's made with citra and amarillo hops. Ah. And I like Ours. Amarillo. Amarillo works great in a lot of different stuff, but the, I think it's the Citra. Or maybe just more plant plant matter from the hops being extracted into the, the flavor profile That's true. or something. I mean, There's says, a lot of different yeah, ways you can add hops. It says you have uh, refreshing notes of peach, mango, and grapefruit. And grapefruit, okay, but I don't consider grapefruit refreshing. Mm-hmm. Grapefruit is inherently bitter, and you have to have a lot of sugar with it to sort of balance it out. I don't really find grapefruit to be a refreshing flavor well i think it must have been intentional that they're thinking okay we're we're trying to cater towards ipa fans probably because they're going for something called a hop water that's exactly what i'm thinking as well i think it's 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 uh calculated because uh sierra nevada doesn't do they don't just don't do anything half-assed right they they this has probably been working on this for months and months and months right yeah so i feel like it's definitely on purpose to set themselves apart from the lagunitas hop water because it's not sweet at all it's just yeah it's you know it's uh dry right it's minerally but like you said cooper to target the ipa people who want something more aggressive in their uh you know hop waters so if yeah. you're into that i think this is this is a great a great product for you but if you're used mm-hmm. to drinking just the log and be careful it's going to be different Pretty soon, Stone will make something called Arrogant Bastard Water. It'll yeah. just be like 100 IBUs in water with nothing Fizzy else. clear water is for wussies. Uh, <laughs> the color it black. Maybe. Yeah, of course. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's okay. It's tolerable when you want something. Uh, it's not my favorite, but, you know, it is what it is, man. I thought I'd, I thought I'd mention it anyway. If you're, if you're definitely looking for like a hoppy, more aggressive sort of non-alcoholic beer, you know, I don't want to say replacement, but, you know, substitute every now and then. I think I think this is what you're looking for. The hop splash. You'll hop splash. Yeah, the hoppy refresher sets the bar really high for that, does, that category dude. of beverage. Yes. And it's really hard, I think, to uh, to come up with something that's going to be as good as that. I, I agree. And that's sort of why I pointed out the the differences between the two because it's it's not that it's not trying to be a hoppy refresher it's being its own thing yeah hey i was going to show you guys this uh this cool shirt my my wife uh went to her friend's house and embroidered me a couple of cool dr homebrew shirts oh. with my name on them whoa nice. so i wanted to be sure i was wearing that wow. for youtube viewers 
Nice. You can see me wear a Dr. Homebrew shirt. Go to YouTube and see me wear a Dr. Homebrew shirt. Uh, it is just really watch cool, me, though. And it was very nice of her to do that. Yeah, it yeah, was very exactly. nice of her to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on our Patreon, you can see him without it. So, <laughs> hubba hubba. Yeah, there's that. Actually, for the Patreon, you have to pay to not see that. Oh, uh, I see. That's good. You're going to flip it on him. I appreciate exactly. that. I appreciate the hustle. Uh, all right, Coop. How long have you been home? <laughs> yeah. um, this is how many, how many, are, are you IPAs? at a homebrew club, Brian? <laughs> right. How many yeah. hazy IPAs have you done? How many you guys? Done? You're just so abusive to all our guests. Uh, I don't uh, even know why anyone does this. I don't know why either. Yes. They're bored. There's nothing else to do in life. I've been brewing for, uh, well, I started in 2003. So there you go. Yeah. Do the math. How many hazies Almost. have you made in your illustrious career? Probably about two, two, <laughs> three, mm. maybe three. Really? Because you're like such a big fan of them. You you trumpet I'm, their cause greatly on the show. I don't. Um, yeah. I like a good one when it's when it's good. Sure. Um, when is that though? When it's when it's something else. That's when it's good. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I like it when they're when they're softer and when they have. Yeah. Um, you know, not just a one trick pony, like just juice, like, or just hoppy, but a nice balance of both. Okay. And some of them, somehow they just get this really, really soft mouthfeel without being overly thick and chewy. Yeah. And they're softer, maybe a little less hazy um, and easier to drink. The ones that are thick, like orange juice, and maybe this one is more like that than some I find a little harder to, you know, less quaffable. But um, some of the really nice, gentle ones on the East Coast uh, and, and sometimes higher alcohol ones help, too. You know, it, 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 <laughs> the alcohol helps to balance with some of the elements that are there. And yeah. That's part of the reason. Well, I'll let you guys judge it and then I'll tell you what I did with it. But uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll judge it. I mean, obviously, Char is actually going to judge it and I'll just make comments because that's, that's what I do. Um, yeah. And then I want to get into, you know, what it was before and then the, the differences now and how you approach yeah. it. And, sure. you know, that kind of stuff. So, Char, take it away. You're the, the sole content creator today. All right. <laughs> uh, man, that's the mantle of responsibility lays yeah. heavy uh, on me today on my, my newly like embroidered that. shirt. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, Brian, are you in a homebrew club? Why, yes, I'm in a club called the Mad Zymergists. I, I founded the club in 2007. I served as the president for five years. And then I said, somebody else can run this shit. And I took off. <laughs> well, I so still... where, where are you located and where do you meet? Should any listeners be interested in joining you? We have formerly had steady meeting places, but we are currently nomadic. We meet ah. the second Thursday of every month. But if you are in Livermore or Pleasanton or Dublin, California, you'll, um, you can go to our webpage and find out where we're meeting and go uh, chat with us, our one of our officers to find out. But it's cool. uh, yeah, we're meeting at, at Pennyweight Craft Brewing uh, two Thursdays from now in Livermore. So one of the new breweries in town here. Excellent. And Very probably good. if someone's just passing by, they can just stop by your house and just give you a call and just hang out with you. True. Yeah. Just rate, <laughs> rate my five tap kegerator, rate all the stuff out there for me. We'll yeah. If you're in Livermore, go, it's uh, 3249 mm-hmm. West mm-hmm. First mm-hmm. Street. Hang out with Brian Cooper, even if he's uh, not there. Uh, uh. I think that's yeah, the you're making way. it sound way too inviting, Brian. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I yeah. like this beer. Okay, I, shall shall we jump into Let's it? Let's do it. So uh, when I I opened this up probably about 45 minutes ago, I uh, got high hop aroma, uh, generally stone fruit and citrus, uh, medium malt aroma, a little more than expected, 
when I opened it up and poured it, I got it, it wasn't yeasty, but I got a little bit of yeast in the sense of a fresh baked bread. Uh, and it was a little more balanced than expected. Uh, now that it's sat here for about 45 minutes, and I'm going to uh, uh, have a sip of, of beer on the air. Always a good time. And have a, Always that a good is, moment. That's excellent, that's excellent air time. It, yeah. No one loves radio aside from silent stuff. That's the best. Yeah. I love having this to go back. This is me and, smelling, yeah. smelling the beer. I love having to go but, back and take all of this out in editing. So I know it's fantastic. Yeah, isn't I have it? nothing else to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I want to be sure you have stuff to do during the day. Yeah. JP. Oh, I, I, mean, I wouldn't want yeah. you to be bored. No, hell no, so, no. <laughs> so what's interesting to me is that what that what I caught a little bit of yeastiness is as it's warmed up, it's gone, which tells me it isn't really an off aroma or anything wrong with it. There's almost always. If something is an off aroma and it's really actually something wrong with the beer, it gets worse as it warms up. And instead, I'm getting uh, it was kind of a a, I made that note more balanced than expected. It is definitely more hop aroma now than there was right when I poured it. And it was one of these classic busy afternoons. And I pretty much pulled it out of the fridge, poured it uh, maybe 20 minutes after I pulled it out of the fridge and it was still too cold. So I think the cold was impacting my perception of the hop aroma. Uh, I'm going to do what we do on Dr. Homebrew sometimes. I'm going to do a live adjustment to my score. So Uh-oh. everyone just hang on here to hang on to your seats. The excitement is, is building. God, it feel, had been a seven. I feel, I feel like I, we need, I feel like we need uh, theme music for this or something like that, but I don't uh, have uh, any. Uh, 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 Calculator. What would we use for live judging music? Like, a, like what did Judge Wapner have in the people's court? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! You've got a soundboard. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's this. And now, in corner one. Yeah, that, this is all, I like that smooth jazz kind yeah. of '70s beat there. It's all for my other show. It's all for my ears up show. Yeah. Ears up podcast. Yeah, exactly. Do, do you have Listen the uh, the uh, was it the press room? I you know what I took it off because I had to uh, make room for other shit. I don't. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, uh, and actually, the press room might make sense there. But in any event, I had called it seven before, and I'm going to uh, jack this up to a nine again, real time really? judging adjustment. The kind of excitement for homebrew judging that you only get on Doctor Homebrew. That is, so. Actually, let me ask you a question. Since we don't have anybody else reading a sheet, I mean, full time. How do you feel about making an adjustment like that? You know, up is is you know a beneficial, but does it make you go like, why didn't I, why didn't I get this before? How come I have to make this adjustment? Do you ever, does it make you question your judging skills having to make an adjustment like that? Does it make me question the very assumptions that my life is founded on? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. no. Uh, it's it, beverages get warmer, they get colder. Usually, they get warmer when you're judging them. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you don't adjust scores if you're in a competition situation. You know, if, if we were sitting at a table with all together and we had three judges judging this beer and somebody was an outlier, you know, either they they get talked into coming in to the, the consensus or, you know, eventually someone has to come to consensus. So somebody has to change. And it's. I don't know. I, I feel like when I was younger, maybe that would have been an issue. Like if I was just starting off judging, I'd be like, oh, man, why didn't I get that? Yeah, man, that's crazy. Why didn't I why didn't I smell that? Why, why wasn't I noticing that? But when you have judged a whole lot over like 20 years, I mean, you realize that, yeah, sometimes what you pour in the glass isn't 
what you're going to smell out of it, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later. And that's just the nature of the beast. And especially for this show, you know, I, I try to uh, make time to be sure I'm judging these a couple hours before the show. Uh, Sometimes like life intervenes and you don't always have that time. So you're not always judging under perfect conditions. And I, like like all of us, I whoa, that's like a, a disco. No, don't worry about it, Brian. You keep talking. <laughs> the podcast. Uh, yeah, I know. We're we're not looking at the YouTube. We're talking yeah, at the podcast. Now I have to edit all this out. God damn it! I'm just making more work for you. Um, no, it's just not the judging situation is not always perfect. Mm-hmm. And part of you know, it's kind of like I'm going to just keep on yapping. When I when I got to be a master level judge was when I learned to just grab take take the sample smell it, taste it, write down exactly what I tasted and smelled and not worry about, oh, there's something hiding. Oh, they're trying to trick me for the exam. No, you just <laughs> write, but which they do. They're, they're yeah, exam. They're, usually there's a, there's a, a tricky beer. Yeah. No, it, when, when you kind of have enough confidence in your ability to just say, this is what I taste and, and what is what I smell at this moment, that's when you kind of reach that Zen plateau, I think, of getting to be a master level judge. And part of that is understanding that, yeah, that what's in what's in your glass is going to change. It's going to change. Maybe not a lot. You know, maybe it'll change a little. Maybe it will change a lot. But understanding that and being able to change on the fly, I, I think is, you know, I, I kind of joke about it on the show because it's funny and it, I think it makes for good content. Maybe it's just me. But I having said that. That's just part of the process, and I think a good judge understands that. Fair enough. All right, so where were you? Where were we? Uh, so we, I changed up to a nine for aroma. There you go. Uh, appearance, three out of three. It's a hazy but not murky. Uh, when they start... What do you mean not murky? It's as, this uh, is... What are you talking about? You can't You remember when hazy IPAs first came out? Oh, my God, there's a cat. Yeah. Yeah, hi, hi, Sebastian. Uh, again, for people not watching YouTube, there's a cat in my Brian background Shark, walking around. Stop, <laughs> stop yeah, commenting. Let me stop on making what you, you a... see and just do you, tell do you me. Rem- okay. <laughs> just turn off our video. Yeah, I know. I, I should do that. It's all right. I'm, I'm mainly just busting your ball, Shar. I know. It, it's 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 funny. Yeah. Remember when they fir- the first hazy IPAs came out and they literally were just clumps of yeast in a glass? Yes. Is that that's what you mean what by I murky? Kind of, that's what I mean by murky in this okay. context, right. where it's just like suspended solids and it's nasty, and it looks like something you'd pour out of a a high pulp orange juice container. Yes. not not a medium pulp, but like a, a especially high okay. pulp. So that's really murky. high pulp. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. That's what I think of as murky. Okay. Uh, it's medium gold, low persistent ivory head, and three out of three. Um, going back to the the flavor. Um, you know, initially the flavor is medium hop. I get kind of a blueberry dominated uh, flavor for the hops. And I will be curious later on when Brian tells us his recipe, if this is a uh, mosaic driven uh, hazy IPA or not, because blueberry is one of those hallmarks of, of mosaic. Uh, malts in balance with the hop flavor at a medium level. Uh, bitterness comes up to uh, balance mid palate. Uh, it's well attenuated. Uh, hop flavor rises to to medium high as it warms up. You know, initially, and this is one, and I even noticed this while I was writing this in the first place, where when I first poured it, it seemed way too balanced between malt and hops. And this is not a style where 
there should be balance between hop flavor and malt. The hop flavor really needs to pop and and really be unbalanced in, in high compared to what the malt flavor is. And as it warmed up, I think that that uh, balance became unbalanced a lot more to where you'd really expect it for a hazy IPA. Hmm. Okay. But I still think there's maybe a little too much. And you know, it's interesting. They're having that one last sip. I get a little hint of salt in the finish. And uh, I wonder if uh, Mr. Cooper had adjusted his water or what he did for that. That's an odd bit of salty flavor at the very end. Uh, but I gave it 14 out of 20. I, I enjoyed it. The only issue that I I thought I had with it was that it seemed maybe a little too imbalanced between the malt flavor and the hop flavor. And then I'm getting that little bit of salt. It could be that I've had a little bit of dinner uh, uh, here, too. Maybe it's something I got from some food 20 minutes ago, too. Uh, mouthfeel, five out of five. Body is medium high, medium carbonation, uh, slight warming, creamy, uh, no astringency. These beers should be kind of soft and creamy, and it's fine to have bitterness. I, I kind my f- favorite examples of hazy IPA tend to be the ones that are a little more toward a hybrid of West Coast and hazy, where they've got a firm bitterness to them, uh, on top of having a really high hop flavor and still maintain kind of a soft mouthfeel. But I mean, your mileage may vary. That's just a personal preference. Uh, overall impression: seven out of ten for a total of thirty-eight. I thought the malt level initially came across a little too high for style. And, you know, my first thought before it warmed up, and I, I still think that might be a decent thought. Uh, I've not brewed one of these before, but there's components of the grist or extract. I'm not going to assume whether Brian used uh, uh, all grain or extract. There's components like the oat malt and the wheat and so forth that you can use to get that hazy character. And that's those are important to the style to the extent you need to use those because it gives you the haziness that you you need to make these be good beers. But I wonder if maybe you could drop the malt level maybe a little bit, if that would make this maybe a little more, I hate to say classically hazy. Is, <laughs> yeah, don't ever do that. I mean, cla- classical? I mean, this is, I think it's been around for five years. So, uh, but it might take it maybe a little more close to the platonic ideal of a hazy IPA. Dropping the malt. Just a little bit. What did you get? Have you scored it yet? Yeah, I gave it a 38 overall. 38 overall. Okay. I thought it was I thought it was really good. That puts it right at the bottom of the excellent range. So you I want think it, it's a well-made beer? So you want it less malty but the same hop level? Yes. Yes, just a little bit less malty. Uh or I guess alternately you could have increased hop flavor, but the malt character seemed like it came out a little high high for me for this style. I'm trying to see if I disagree with you. I I feel like I feel like these beers need to be lower bitterness than an IPA than like a traditional IPA like a West Coast right. IPA, right? And I feel like the hops on this could come down, but I feel like the malt is sort of is sort of at a nice place for me. And again, you know, uh, you guys know more about the style than I do. I don't drink it except on this literally on this show, and that's it. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like. I'm debating it. It sort of tastes somewhat like the double hazy IPAs that I have had on when I was doing the session. Mm-hmm. It's fairly aggressive, and I feel like this style shouldn't be as aggressive. And if I remember correctly, I think Cooper's original beer was even more so than that. But I yeah. think he's I mean, I, I like, down a little bit, but I like the bitterness where it is. 
But I can also see that maybe dialing the bitterness down just a little tiny bit more still might not be a bad idea. And, you know, I'm drinking, I, I poured this before the show. This is an original pattern, hazy IPA. And what's interesting is that kind of drinking this in parallel, they have similar flavors and similar, I mean, they're kind of similar in profile in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm happy that I, I gave my friend Brian an a excellent <laughs> score of 38 because it, you know, this is, you know, there's subjectivity in judging, right? Yeah. So I, you know, what I think might be, ideal is there's more to the style guidelines than what an individual judge might think is is a perfect beer so drinking this you know it's not dissimilar in terms of the malt you know the level of malt the level of hop flavor the level of bitterness so from that standpoint you know maybe i should put this over 40 i mean can you allow yourself two changes in one show (laughs) <laughs> I, I believe the fabric of the space-time continuum may begin to rupture, and I'm not sure that's a good idea. I'm not sure I'm that's not sure a good it's idea not. either. Uh, what would I give it? You know, I, I 38, maybe just kissing 40. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I, I do think there needs to be some adjustments. I think it is, like I said, a little too harsh. I think it needs to be a little more rounded. Um, but I think I know where Cooper was going, and we'll get to that in a second, where... Uh, like you were saying, Shari, it is sort of a, a hybrid between a West Coast and this traditional hazy kind of thing. Like, what I don't like is the super soft, pillowy, it doesn't drink like an IPA, hazy IPAs. That's what I really have a problem with in this style. I mean, I guess I'm over the the, the quote-unquote clarity issue, where uh, it just looks like dog <laughs> shit all the time, no matter what. Like, <laughs> put dog shit in the blender, with added some water, and then that's you calling that a beer. That's what I don't like, but it's fine. I'm over it. Um, but we need to pin the style, pin the, the flavors down a little bit. And I feel like that super soft it doesn't hit it. It doesn't, you know what I mean? The super soft, juicy mouthfeel. That's not what I'm looking for. I would really appreciate something a little bit more bitter, but I think it's, a, this is a little too bitter for me. Back yeah, that down, I, I, maybe 20% overall. And I think, I think that's where this style, you know, would live properly. I, I agree with you. There could be a little more malt softness as opposed to malt character. I yes. think this beer has maybe too much malt character and not enough soft softness. And that might be something you, you would look at the grist, right? If you were brewing all grain, because one of the hallmarks of this beer is using the oats, the wheat, other you know tr- traditional ingredients that cause cloudiness and haziness putting those in you know you might think it looks like dog shit in a blender but man hefeweizen is like the og hazy and that shit is amazing i could drink i could drink bavarian hefeweizen all day long but am am i wrong in that the the cloudiness of a hefeweizen is is more appealing than in an ipa like the color like the ipa the color is a little bit more solid yellow and and i think a hef is more lighter yellow and I feel like just that lightness, I don't know, maybe makes it a little bit more where like the, the IPA, you kind of have a darkness to it. I don't know. That that may be, but you know, think about the fact that Hefeweizen has been around for hundreds of years. Yeah. And we expect Hefeweizen to look the way we do. And it was around when we started drinking beer, it'll be around in 500 years and it'll always look like that. But when you're coming up with new stuff and there's no baseline, it just is what it is. Right. And that's what I have to get over. Anyways, Cooper. Yeah. Let's talk to you about your beer. What's the alcohol percentage on this first? 
it's a straight uh, six and a half. So I upped it from the last one was about 5.9. Sometimes I called it six, but it just didn't hit the gravity I wanted. Sometimes. This time, this, well, just yeah, to give it the benefit of the doubt, rounded right, yeah. up. But um, yeah, this one came out at, at six and a half. I, okay. I got, got the gravity up on the initial uh, starting gravity of the beer. Um, I just got better um, efficiency. I was a little more patient and it's a Pico batch. I was a little more patient mixing in my huh. half a pound of rice holes in the two and a half gallon batch. Um, so after the crush, I just really stirred it and mixed it around. I think I, I had poor efficiency the last time because I kind of did that part in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that in the, um, you know, inside the container, the, the mash uh, compartment, it was not, it was a little striated. It wasn't coming through smoothly all areas of the mash. So. Yeah, I think that helped uh, get a little better efficiency and uh, increase the gravity to where I wanted it to be. Um, but the other thing is, and maybe going along with the malt sweetness is, this one finished higher than the previous batch. The other one, I had done this thing where I had like American yeast mixed with London 3, and I did a starter, and I didn't brew, did another starter, didn't brew, you know, with the same yeast and kept it going up and up and put it in the fridge and finally just brewed and, and used the the yeast. It was like, a you know, third generation batch I hadn't really even seen in much action. It was ready to go and just ripped through it, took it down to 1012. This one came down to only 1016. It started at 1066. Wow. The other one had started at 1057. But that's interesting because I made a note that higher attenuation might help. Yeah. And that might be why there's that little bit of additional malt character beyond what you might have wanted. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't have that what the last time I had dumped some you know, <laughs> work from a hop cage into the batch. I, I, I thought maybe that was what was making all the bitterness. I also, you know, adjusted the the boil time on this is only 15 minutes in the Pico. Then I did a 15 minute addition on the prior one, I believe. This one I did it only at 10, but it's an ounce of hops at 10. So it's pretty substantial, but you have four hop cages to work with. I mean, I guess I could do one, two, three and out, but it seems, I don't know. It, yeah, I could probably reduce the bitterness had like a five minute pre-boil and then 10 minutes with all these hops in it. It was only 10, five and two with an ounce each in a two and a half gallon batch. Then I did an ounce uh, at Whirlpool. So it was mostly mosaic. The first two editions are mosaic. The, the third is galaxy and the fourth. Nice. Is I'm glad I, I, I feel vindicated that I called mosaic. Mosaic all over the place. There you go, man. Uh, dry hop with two and a half ounces of mosaic, two and a half ounces of galaxy in a two and a half gallon batch, like a shit ton of hops mm-hmm. and roused in the <laughs> fermenter. So yeah, there's a lot of hop matter in this. I'm glad that it's not, no one said like, this is hop burn. Like I'm not getting a big hop burn, but I'm getting that bitterness that you're talking about. You know, I in, personally, I like it. I'm not sure it's out of style. I think it's maybe a little high from what a lot of people's expectations are. But again, I'm drinking this commercial one on the side. And it's probably more bitter than yours is. <laughs> Maybe we need to market a new like West Coast hazy IPA. It's oh God, please more, don't. A little more bitter. Uh, the malt bill was about the same as I did before. It's mostly uh, Simpsons Golden Promise, so four pounds of that, two and a half, or sorry, two point seven five American two row, a pound of flaked oats, a half a pound of torrified wheat, and uh, one thing I did based on a brewer's um, advice, Craig from Morgan Territory was talking about if you don't acidify. The hazies it won't stabilize the the haze it'll it'll fall out in the bottle hmm. this one it's it's staying pretty hazy um so I added a, only a quarter pound of of German acid malt just i think I subbed it for 
a quarter pound of the two row. Yeah. So it's cool. real similar malt bill, just real gentle adjustment there. The water is pretty much the same. It's mostly distilled water. I added, you know, just a, a pitcher full of filtered water from my fridge. And I added five grams of calcium chloride. There's no salt other than, you know, I mean, calcium chloride, not sodium chloride. <laughs> but yeah, I brewed this on, on, it's now the 28th of September. I brewed it on the 1st of September. So it was brewed this month. Oh, wow. And I, nice. I, I brewed it for NCHF, which is a festival that was on the uh, 15th, 16th of September. So I had it in the keg and less than two weeks. And I kind of, I, I didn't want to like force carbonate it. So I let it um, gently carbonate over a few days. So I, you know, I even had to keg it earlier in that week than later to get anything in it. <laughs> and I invested in a, uh, a floating dip tube, which has really helped too. I oh, think cool. just, yeah. Being I really withdraw careful. my salt comment. I think that was probably just a outlier of just something I was tasting from something I was eating. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I think having, when you've described that beer, to me, saying that it was less attenuated than the last one that you did, that was like the key thing to me that where I was getting maybe a little bit too much malt. Yeah. yeah. I, I think like you have, your, your grist sounds good. When you have all the right stuff there to make this soft, I'm not saying this is not a soft, you know, rounded malt character beer, but I think the lack of attenuation maybe makes the malt poke out a little bit more than you would want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything there. I think I would like it to attenuate a little bit more and to be a little bit softer on the on the back edge, just on the the back of the mouth, the bitterness. Yeah, or yeah, wherever you're perceiving that in your mouth. I don't know. I guess it's all over the place. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, I was happy with it. I, it's enjoyable and so it's it's what, stable in the haze. It seems so. That's good. What did you change from the last one? I added acid malt just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, the hop schedule is pretty much the same. You know, I, I, I mixed the holes in a little bit better and I only used London ALEs this time instead of London mixed with us for, you know, that was just the stupid thing I did, but <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I didn't want to go too crazy with changes all at once, but yeah, the gravity's higher. It's, it's stronger, which is what I wanted. Uh, a little bit of acid malt and then, yeah, just that, you know, water's pretty much the same. Um, yeah. It's not not any real major changes other than, you know, just taking out that one yeast and a little bit of change right. in the malt and okay. uh, process a little bit too, just mixing the rice holes in better. It really does help if you mix those all in with your, your grist to, to get the flow as consistent as you can because there's so much, you know, um, uh, <laughs> husculus, uh, uh, malt, you know, malt or, and not non-malt content in the grist that you... Your fermentables are just so much gummy, starchy stuff that if you don't put a little something in there, you're going to get stuck mash in the yeah. the Pico brew. That wouldn't be very much fun either. No, not at all. You no. got to take and like whatever equipment out. you're using. Yeah, whenever you're using oats or uh, or wheat, you got to be real careful. And it never hurts to put some some rice holes in. You going to cry, Char? No, I just was going to burp. You big and baby? I'm trying to. I'm a big baby. Who's going to burp? Oh. And uh, I, it's the brewing network. I should have just let fly. Yeah. Um, let's see. What uh, are you happy with it, Cooper? Yeah. Are you, are you gonna pretty, Are you gonna make any changes to it? I might rebrew it again and, and make some changes. We'll see. Yeah. All right. All I right. think I would like you know get it a little more att- attenuated. Maybe make a bigger starter or get a a bigger uh, pitch of yeast, maybe from a brewery or something. That I know. Yeah. But I like that London three yeast. I think it's a it's a good call. And there's a lot of other ones you can use, but uh, that one seems pretty solid and does what I wanted it to do. Very good. 
All one right. of the funniest things about Hazy IPA to me is that London 3 had been in the catalog for, uh, I think that was Y East, right? Or was that White Labs? Yeah, it's they, it's Y East. Yeah, it had been in their catalog for years. It's one I'd never used. I just always kind of wondered you know, who's using that and why. <laughs> and then it totally got a brand, not just a new lease on life, but it just exploded yeah. like five years ago with Hazy IPA. Yeah. It's weird, man. Things, uh, things, life comes at you fast, Shar. <laughs> it All sure right. does. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come right back and uh, do some more beer talk. Hang on. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. GrogTag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. GrogTags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for hanging on, everybody. We're back at the break. I just learned breaking news. Coolio has passed away. Very sad times. All right. Can you play a little Coolio. gangster's paradise for us, or is that going to violate like some copyright stuff? Oh, that'll violate a whole bunch of shit. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to make you have to suddenly pay a bunch of, bunch of stuff, but no, it sucks. I mean, no, I don't think it would be he wasn't like that, that, but he's not that old. 42, man. No, 40. No, that, uh, no, 59. 50, no, Elvis was 42. 59, that was right Elvis. There, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a heart attack. C- Coolio God, outlived dude. Elvis, which is kind of funny. Yeah, but yeah. Elvis outlived Jesus, so that's a good point. You know what are you gonna do, right? Yeah, live I, longer. That's weird, man. God, I just my worst nightmare. Go in, take a shit, you're dead. I mean, that's what happened to Shimki. For God's sakes, she didn't die. I mean, she died, but mm. it's fine now. She came back to life. Yeah, right. She's like a zombie. She basically is. <laughs> talking to her makes you feel like one. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
Um, all right, what are we doing now, Coop? We got a commercial beer. We got a Sierra Nevada beer. Yeah, um, Mr. Shar selected a beer called uh, Liquid Hoppiness IPA from Sierra Nevada. And uh, it's marketed as a juicy IPA at 7% ABV. So it's a fall seasonal issued by Sierra Nevada. It should uh, be widely available for our listeners. That's one reason I wanted to pick this out is it's it's a seasonal, but it's Sierra Nevada. So probably two-thirds of the people listening to this, maybe three-quarters, should be able to readily find this at a grocery store or a regular beer see, store. And already, it's you know you can see the color is different, or the the um, the clarity, I suppose. It's hard to see on the, on the camera, but it's almost... You can see through it. I'm not saying you could read through it, but you could recognize shapes through it. Whereas... To, to your point earlier, JP, it's a yeah. little more like a Hefeweizen in color. Yeah. A and bit, in terms it's, of its clarity, it's a little more like a Hef. Yeah, but it it's not as know, th- thick, I guess, or gravy like yeah. as a lot of these uh these you know hazy juicy beers are. Right. Yeah. True. And that's not a knock. I mean, I, you know, I to me this is a much more palatable to to like drink than the other ones. But, you know, even this like I've gotten pale ales that look like this. And it fucking pisses me off. Mm. <laughs> but this is Unless supposed to be this a hazy way. pale ale. Well, dude, that's a style that I will vomit on. I'm so upset mm. that they're just doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't like it. They should stop it. Um, so the malts in this are Munich oats, Turo pale, and wheat. Um, the hops they used are Azaka, Cascade, Centennial, and Sultana. And uh, that's interesting. To- they're sticking around with the classic. I love Cascade and Sierra Nevada. It was like the hop that built Sierra Nevada, and it's nice that they're still using that in like a modern, you know, hazy IPA. Yeah. I mean, look, they got the contract. Mm. <laughs> probably, mm. They probably need it, you know, need to use it. Let's throw it in here. Yeah. So I actually just got to tour the Sierra Nevada brewery in Chico, and uh, we got to go in their hop room and like mm-hmm. rub hops between our hands there. And there were guys working in there, you know, just like chiseling hops off of these big yeah. hop bales. And they're wild, man. Who was your just, tour? Guy? I love was that. It, was it Byron? No, um, oh, gal, yeah, um, she was cool though. That's but, good. Um, they have a lot of good people there, but Byron, uh, yeah. Byron's king shit over there. Hmm. Yeah, I love that guy. Well, um, and it was yeah, it was it was a lot of fun going there and and uh, seeing the all the solar panels on the roof there. Yeah, and looking at the way the brewery is designed because they started small and they grew bigger and they worked towards being sustainable as much as they can along the way. And, um, but yeah, it's just, it's interesting how they, I love the Sierra Nevada facility. And that's one example of, I mean, there's pros and cons to any kind of business, uh, uh, organization, but the fact that Ken Grossman owns that place as a sole proprietorship, he can do whatever the hell he wants. There's not a board telling him, oh, you're wasting money. Right. So if he wants a second copper brew kettle next to that first one, that has looks exactly the same and has the same art on the walls and whatever he can do it because that's it's just his and same thing as like the solar panels they're great but sometimes you get pushback from like your board on something about oh your payback period's too long yeah you know, we can't do this there's not a, not enough ROI and Ken can just do what he feels like doing true yeah so they you know they built the I guess the tour of the Asheville uh, North Carolina, that, that's a lot different because they designed that as a massive, you know, brewery right. uh, from the ground up. So, you know, just the way it's designed is a lot different. And you don't have one thing on top of another on top of another, mm. kind of, you know, 
Exactly. It's interesting, but yeah, yeah, they they make it work there, and it, it's uh, they make a lot of good beer. They had a some pilot beers on that were pretty fun too, and and some another one, something ghost something IPA that they made at the in their kind of smaller brewery, which is like way bigger than many of the you know, uh, local uh, craft breweries uh, that I go to. And yeah, their small brewery is probably a hundred barrels. It's it's yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, if it's and, the same, uh, if this, if it's the same one as their um, when they do the hop or the um, the brew school, I want to say it was like ten barrels, but I forget. I forget when we did <clears> that. Be, be, you know, I think they're they're actually building a pico brewery in there too. I think that's going to be along that size. You know, like a smaller number of barrels. But yeah, the their their you know kind of pilot brewery is is like. Like Brian said, like eighty or hundred barrels or something like that. Mm. It was like, wow. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I love that. You know, it's it's interesting because yeah, compared to mine, it's right. it's much softer in the bitterness. Yes. Although they claim fifty five IBUs on the the recipe page information there, um, which seems high to me, but it might be there. It's interesting, but it, this beer has a much juicier impression. It just has a lot of yeah. fruit juice um, like characters to it. It really does. This is this is one of the handful, I think, of beers that I've had that the juicy characteristic is is apropos. Yeah, yeah. It has to get like it. a little bit of a mango. Yeah. I definitely got like a orange juice yeah. overripe mango. Yeah, for sure. Maybe um, you know sometimes like a canned pineapple juice. It, yeah, it, it's almost a little overly sweet and the the acidity of the pineapple's gone so it's like more yeah. what i would say like the darker levels of pineapple juice that's like the that. level of pineapple i get out of out of here yeah it's right it tastes like there's fruit in it which lacking i think is wild sharp the sharpness of the pineapple is is gone but it's replaced yeah. by just the smooth fruity edge of it which is interesting yeah one thing i really like about this aroma was something that I, I learned from the session uh recently oh. uh, i get kind of a, i get like a candy like aroma from it and that's a character that uh, apparently can come with very high hop rates and some varieties of hop, uh, where you get what you get from a you know bigger IPA or a hazy IPA, is you get kind of a candy type of character, and that to me is a definitely present, almost kind of a medium level, uh, almost as prominent as uh, as the juice. Interesting. I don't really, I don't get a candy thing. I don't, I don't get that. So I wish it's I could like be a co- almost like a cotton candy type of character. Maybe it, it's 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 pleasant. It's not out of place, right? Right. But <clears throat> it, it's not, and I should say it's it's present at a certain maybe at a medium level, but it's not something that pokes out enough that it makes you focus just on that and think, oh, I'm eating cotton candy. It's just it's there mm-hmm. in conjunction with the juice. Okay. Well, the beer. Well, that's yeah. good. It's good to know. And also the the beer, I would say, it does not come across as sweet or cloying at all when you mention candy no. like you're just talking about an aroma of some kind but exactly um, yeah the the body of the beer is is fairly full but it's um it's not super sweet in the finish it's it's no you might you might get the mistaken impression that there's some sweetness there just from all the juice like characters in it but it's r- really pretty dry and you know yeah. the sweetness some of the sweetness is coming from the fairly substantial alcohol here the seven yeah. percent so I think it's, it's really well attenuated and it's really well carbonated. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. There's, it is. There's, there's, yes. this, this has been just in my glass going nuts. And it, but it doesn't come across with like a carbonic bite that says it's too, too carbonated. It's just got a, a, a firm, firm carbonation, if that's such a thing. It just sure. keeps sticking around 
and it's not too high. It's not too low. And that's one of the hardest things for home brewers to do. It's really hard for me to do. I think it's really hard for a lot of people to do is get that carbonation right. Well, I would think this would be um, a very approachable beer for someone who who says, oh, you know, I don't care for IPAs. They're too bitter. They're too harsh. They're too biting. They're too sharp. They're too in your face. If you like a little bit of alcohol, like if you're a wine drinker or something that likes, you know, can stand a 14% beverage or, you know, higher alcohol beverage than just five or the basic beer, you know. You know, I find um, I find drinking wine is different than drinking beer alcohol buzz wise. Like I can drink yeah. a glass of wine and whatever, but even, you know, even just halfway through this tiny glass, I'm like, I, you know, kind of got a little, not a headache, but just sort of like sort of feeling it. Maybe it's psychosomatic. I don't know. The carbonation, what if it's the carbonation? tickling your stomach hmm, and might be getting that alcohol in there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe. Who knows? Who knows That's a good point. I mean, I wonder if, if anyone's done research, if the carbonation like gets the alcohol into your bloodstream faster. I heard a long time ago and I, I didn't hear much about it afterwards, but I, I seem to remember someone explaining that the alcohol w- was different. Hmm. Well, it's ethanol, ethanol, ethanol. But I think I would think that the, the carbonation can be agitating things in your stomach a little bit, maybe. keeping things moving around a little more. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But you're right. It is a very approachable beer. Um, And I was thinking when you were saying all that stuff is that it is very middle of the road, which isn't necessarily what Sierra Nevada does. Usually, you know, it's 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 not an outlier. It's not a standout in the field, but maybe it is because it it, it feels like maybe much like the the hop, whatever the hop flash, right Their their hop water thing. It is sort of geared for a certain aspect of people, but I don't know. I feel like. With this style, it, it's better when you back off of all of the bullshit that goes into making a style like this. When you're not as aggressive <laughs> with the hops or with the water chemistry or doing all the crap that fucking craft brewers love to do, when you dial it back and just use the highlights of that style, I think you make a decent product. I think you make a better product than you do normally. So, like, you look at this, if you're a, if you're a hazy beer guy and you look at this and you go, that's not... What is this? Here in Nevada, suck. They're not really making, you know, when you taste it, you're like, that's not really juicy or whatever, you know, creamy mm. or whatever. It doesn't need to be because the 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 sum of the parts are are greater than they are individually with this beer. Yeah. And I feel like it's a good example of where the new style comes out. We don't need to push the envelope. You don't need to go over the top if you want to make a juicy, hazy IPA like this. You can subtly do it work on your flavors and that's going to get you farther than you know how many shapes you can see through the through the beer hmm. yeah i mean and it's got it's got the the cascade is still noticeable mm-hmm. speaking of like a nod to heritage I've sorry never, brian you were yeah i've never oh, been okay. good at that picking out hops i think i would like a little more hop character in the nose at least myself but i agree I f- yes i find it to be very Agreed. enjoyable as it is it's just like if you like something like screwdrivers like session oh, screwdrivers orange yeah. juice with vodka hmm. this could be your go-to beer but okay you know, i will say something about you know not all hazy ipas are going to be super juicy some of them are very hot forward and they're soft underneath they're not right. as hmm. um fully you know rich on the juiciness and not all you know, I mean, you could have a juicy IPA that's perfectly clear, too. It's just that something that's suggestive of, um, you know, a fruit juice is especially tropical and, um, you know, citrus fruit juices. Um, it should never be sweet like the juice, but it, it should have a little bit of body and have that kind of impression of, quote, juiciness. But, um, you know, 
Again, there's a lot of variants in the hazy IPA category. It's category 21C in the 2021 BJCP guidelines. And it should be smooth, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, and often opaque, but there can often be less haze. There's a lot of variants allowed in these. Um, so I, I think some of the beers I like the best are the, quote, juicier IPAs with the softer bitterness that are perfectly clear. And that's kind of my yeah. jam. Mm. Uh, um, Interesting. You know, I'm, I'm making a bold prediction. Oh, that okay. uh, I'm just gonna go gonna go out on a limb here, and I think that the trend in the next sixteen, the next twelve to eighteen months, is going to be different combinations of playing around with merging hazy IPA and West Coast IPA, and kind of just taking some from column A and some from column B, and just seeing what comes out of that. Doesn't I that think you're going to see a lot more? Isn't that already out? Doesn't that isn't that already a thing? Or you want you mean probably more mainstream? Yeah, probably, but I think I think it might be something that's more mainstream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you go to the you go to the East Coast and you order a West Coast style IPA. There's almost always at least some haze in it, and IPAs yeah. granted that you could, they're allowed some haze. West Coast IPA can right. have haze, not a massive amount like my IPA, but you know, <laughs> yeah, right. some haze. Hop, I mean, remember hop. the IBU wars when the uh, the, the thousand IP, IBU beers or what? <sighs> you know, the hundred, you know, the ninety hundred IBU beers were. They had they had a lot of haze. They're not this kind of haze, but they had haze. Yeah, my my brother made a beer called Green Hell, and they just put so uh, much hops in it that the fermenter was just green and like just uh, insane. I like I don't know how he transferred that. He must have got a lot of oxygen. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is it is sounds gross. Hop, adding so much hops, it makes it makes it a challenge doing your normal brewing procedures and stuff. And you have to do yeah. weird things like get a floating dip tube for your your keg or whatever. Exactly. But, yeah. Anyway. Oh, I don't know. Right. I, I enjoy this beer, and I think it's it's fun to taste it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Let's take a quick break. Hold on, we'll 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 come right back. We'll talk a little bit about how this meets the style and uh, wrap up the uh, apparently hazy IPA talk here on Doctor Homebrew. Hang on, we'll be right back. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. We're about to get out of here, but we wanted to just wrap up real quick with the Liquid Hoppiness IPA from Sierra Nevada. Does this meet the style guidelines, you guys? Is this a, a, a technically, you know, relevant style, I guess, or whatever? If you wanted to make a beer, you wanted to study this style, you went up to the store, you got it, this would be yes. okay? I would say yes, but it has its own balance. I mean, the, the overall impression for a hazy IPA 
as declared by the BGCP guidelines, is an American IPA with intense fruit flavors and aromas, a soft body, smooth mouthfeel, and an often opaque with substantial haze. Less perceived bitterness than traditional IPAs, but always massively hop forward. I guess that's the only place where I think it is maybe like the hops aren't super forward in the nose. Right. And to be a slightly, um, you know, more to style version of it, uh, it, it would have a little more no- hop nose. But it is its own. Ba- it has its own balance. Like I said, it's it's yeah. way toward the juicy side of things. But it, I, I it completely is. agree with Cooper. If I was going to change anything on this, I'd like to have a little more hop aroma. And this is not a knock on Sierra Nevada, but in in and I, I love pretty much everything Sierra Nevada makes. That is one thing they always consistently seem to have a little less hop aroma uh, in their beers than maybe some of their competitors do. Hmm. To to me. Yeah, I mean, this is canned on uh, seven twelve, so yeah, pretty fresh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a couple, too long. Two and a half yeah. months. It's not bad if it's been refrigerated. Pretty, yeah, pretty good time to bad. drink it. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, it's it comes out in July. They put it out through September, so okay. get it fresh and see if it tastes a little, a little hoppier in July. It very well might. Yeah, but it's it's it is not bad if you're if you're you know trying to get into the hazy IPAs. This is definitely a beer for you. Hundred percent. It's better than a lot of your other choices. Yeah, because it's not aspirin-y. It's not aggressive. Yeah. It's not chalky. It's carbonated. It's carbonated. It's got carbonation. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be knowing them. It's going to be consistent and it's going to be packaged oh, yeah. very well. So this can could go, you know, stay warm for a couple of months, and you could take it camping, and and you know, it'll be just fine. Yeah, it'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, they're not magicians, but mm. drink it. Buy it and drink it. Drink it. Drink it. Um, that's it, right? We're done. We're out well, of here. We should tell people. Yes. If they want to enter their homebrew uh, on Doctor Homebrew, they should email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Um, we don't just accept entries from people who are on the show hosting it, <laughs> but uh, we would like entries from other people as well. I think on our next yeah, show we'll have agree. something like that going on. But uh, all right, yeah, thanks to those that are that are sending in beers. We've got some more cool beers coming in for our future shows. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying those. We do absolutely. always need more. Yeah, for sure. You know, we've we've always talked about us brewing beers to like you know the same recipe. We should do that. We should do a uh, find a figure out a Doctor Homebrew recipe. Maybe maybe figure it on the air. Share that with everybody, and then brew it. Boss, brew it, and then we can you know swap the bottles and see see how we did. And then we can publish the recipe if it's any good, and let yeah. other brewers brew it and send it into us. So there better be <laughs> yeah. something we like. There you go. And maybe I'll, I, I've I haven't brewed for like five years, and maybe I'll just go back to like the pasta pot. You know, partial yeah. mash or full mash. Just yeah. brew like a gallon. Just, what, what the hell? Just go for it. Yeah, you want my Go pico brew? Basics. Yeah, yeah, you, you can have yeah. it. I might get a, I, I might get a Brusilla at some point. And then nice. I just think about, I mean, it's a good system. But whenever I think about home brewing again, I think about how much time it takes to do it right. And I just, I'm not sure I have all that time in, to fit that into my life right now. Yeah, for me, it's cleaning. Yeah, I would love to be. I'd love brewing, but I don't love cleaning. I hate it. And no. then transferring, I got to figure out. I got to figure that out. You know, that's the and carbonation. Part. Carbonation is always whether it's bottles or or keg. Oh, yeah. It's always been the bane of my existence. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get out of here, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I appreciate it. Again, that's Brian at the Brewing Network dot com. And then, of course, check out our uh, favorite people over at Five Star Chemicals dot com. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in next time. We'll uh, hear you.